in our lowest Sunday during those times uh, because the church was diminishing. The lowest Sunday was 25 people in Sunday school. And I distinctly remember that we were trying so hard as a group, as a small group. We had the first small group, but it was the whole church. And uh, I remember us all being together on sticking out and making it work and finding ways to reach Tracy. Over the years, God found different ways for us to be able to kind of make it, kind of find ways of reaching people. And families came and some families went. And it, it, it was an, it's a miraculous thing to watch how God took that few people and, and continually worked it and magnified it into what Southwest is today. One day I was coming back from uh, Livermore, going over Patterson Pass Road. As I topped the hill, I pulled over and stopped and got out and looked out across the valley. And as I looked out across the valley, I began to see faces. I began to see people, men and women, and little children. And I kept staring at these people, these images. And inside me, that still small voice said, feed my sheep. And the realization of that responsibility began to weigh heavily on me. And I broke out in sobs like I'd never cried before. And the weight of it was just more than I could handle. But then the voice said, I'll be with you always. Perhaps you are some of those who came that I was seeing in the vision out in the valley. If you are, I'm glad you're here. first came to Southwinds, it was at meeting at West High School, and it was all new to me. The worship team, the music, uh, the setup and tear down, the, using a, a leaf blower to blow the leaves out of the doorways, through rolling out mats on the floor of the gymnasium to help set up the stage, to putting the complete children's ministry into a back of a van or a trailer that we hauled back and forth every Sunday to set up. It wasn't one or two people, it was several people making this happen. And just an amazing, you know, just to see it all come together.
during next gen, God is calling each one of us to make decisions today that will ripple out into tomorrow. There are over 100,000 people in Tracy, Mountain House, and Lathrop that do not know Jesus Christ. We have a mission, Southwinds. We have a mission. We exist to help people who don't know Jesus become fully devoted followers of him. That's why we're here. Well, are you ready to celebrate? I hope that you are. I hope that you are. Today is a history-making day here at Southwinds, and I am so glad that I'm here. How about you? Uh, grand opening, you know, it's one of those things that's just so amazing when it happens, when it comes together, and it's just like nothing else, I think. And I, I want to do something, actually, that um, I have never done before as the pastor of this church, and that is this... Um, I'm going to take a selfie with the Southwinds family. Is that all right? Are you okay with that? So we're going to start here in the middle. Make sure you're smiling. I don't want to look at any, uh, any grumpy faces over here now. You guys better pay attention. Here we go. Everybody's smiling. 
Let's try this one over here. Let's see if we get that angle there. First ever selfies from the platform at Southwinds. How's that? Now, you know, uh, for three years, Southwinds has been on this next-gen journey. We've been heading uh, for, together toward this day. And as we've been doing this, we have been dreaming about how God could use us to impact thousands of people across Tracy and across Mountain House and across Lathrop. And not only today, but also out into tomorrow. That's why our, our campaign, our spiritual initiative is called Next Gen. And I know that hundreds of you have been praying and you have been serving and you have been giving. And it's all been so that we could see God work in providing us a place to gather and worship and serve him. Amen? Amen. Who, who feels like saying praise the Lord? Anybody here? Praise you know, uh, today, if you don't know, this is the culmination of a long journey. It actually began in the spring of 2015. In March of that year, the elders and pastors, we gathered together in a retreat. We, we prayed and we planned and we made at that retreat a decision that it was time to move forward. And that led... Uh, to a, a beginning of a rollout of this next-gen spiritual initiative in January of 2016, we began telling you, which then led in the spring of that year uh, to us uh, launching next-gen, this 36-month spiritual journey that, that has made it possible, humanly speaking, for us to be here today and celebrate. And, you know, we have faced some challenges along the way, haven't we? I mean, you may not know all of them. I, I, I know you don't know all of them, um, and you don't want to get me started on telling you all of them. <laughs> We've had some delays. We've had some disappointments along the way. Uh, they've made us wonder at times if we were going to make it. Um, and, you know, we broke ground in 2017, and we, we're going to get in, you know, last year, and then that didn't happen. And, you know, now we're here. We, we've made it to this place, and it's raining. <laughs> Rain in May in Tracy, California. Like, What? <laughs> And some of you don't know this, but we've even had other challenges, like our computer system over across with the kids checking. Some of you do know if you have kids, you're aware of this. Uh, yes, I see that hand. Um, but it's just like, you know, things happen and things challenge and, and things confront us. And we may not think that we're going to get there, but by God's grace, we are here today. Yeah. And we are here to celebrate. And I cannot think of a better way to celebrate than to take some moments to look at God's word together, which gives us the truth about God, about us, the word of God, which provides us joy and peace and hope. That's what we're about here at Southwind, and so that's what we're going to do today. Look at a passage in God's word, 1 Chronicles 29 is the passage. It's verses 10 through 20. And this passage is really all about celebration, if you've ever read it before. The background is this. 1 Chronicles 29, the whole chapter, is recording this day when King David has called together all the people of Israel. And he has challenged them with a task uh, beyond their abilities to build a temple worthy of God. And in verse 1 of this chapter, he says, the task is great. Because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, this is not a palatial structure, okay? Um, but it's a beautiful place, and it is for the Lord God. 
As the king, David continues to talk to the people. He faced the challenge first. In verse 2, he said to them, With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. And he talks about gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and gems and fine stone and marble. All of these, he says, in large quantities. And according to scholars, what he gave himself personally was worth about $5 billion in our terms today. It's a magnificent offering. And that led the leaders of the people to step up, and they also brought these unimaginable gifts of gold and silver and bronze and iron. And it's noteworthy, verse 6 says they gave willingly, willingly. When all was said and done, they had a, a collection of over 300 tons of gold, 635 tons of silver, uh, 675 tons of bronze, 3,750 tons of iron. And again, someone has calculated that that's like $20 billion in today's terms. We fell a little short of that in our Next Gen Spiritual Initiative. <laughs> but you know, after this, they celebrated. Verse 9 says, The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. And then that leads into this prayer that I want you to read uh, along with me just to listen to and hear that bursts forth out of David's heart with such joy. Verse 10, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly saying, praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory, and the majesty, and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I, David says, and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given only what comes from your hand. We are aliens and strangers in your sight, as were all our forefathers. Our days on earth are like a shadow without hope, O Lord our God. As for all this abundance that we have provided for building a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things have I given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Oh, Lord, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep this desire in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, requirements, and decrees, and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Then David said to the whole assembly, Praise the Lord your God. So they all praised the Lord, the God of their fathers. They bowed low and fell prostrate before the Lord and the king. And this is the word of the Lord. Now in the middle of all of this celebrating going on on that day, David prays this prayer, and it, it flows out of a life that is so grateful to God that David's heart just has to respond. I think it's kind of the way we feel today. And so a few, for a few minutes, we're going to be talking together about 
why we're celebrating today. Why we're, we're celebrating today. And as I was looking at this passage, uh, some themes started emerging. Actually, it ended up being five of them. And, and it was kind of interesting how they all began with the letter G. And you know if you've been around here, I, I don't always you know, make my points line up with a particular letter. But sometimes it happens. You know, the, the magic's there and it just takes place that way. And that's what happened today. And there were five of these letter Gs. And it reminded me of something that's been in the news a lot lately. This like coming 5G revolution, this technology, new technology that's coming, you know, to revolutionize communication, this wave of the future where, you know, everything is headed. And it just seemed to me it was appropriate that we're starting a new season. We are headed into the future. We are going to be what God is calling us to be. And I think that these things that we're celebrating today are going to guide us. They're going to be themes out into the future. So that's what we're going to talk about real briefly uh, what we celebrate today, the five G's, and here's the first one. We today celebrate God's great goodness. Amen? You know, on a day like today, even with that rain out there, <laughs> we know that God is good. Amen? And we like to say it around here. I hear some of you already going there. God is good. And all the time, God is good. God is unimaginably good. God is so good. We just finished singing those words. And, and I'm just telling you, reminding you, we should live always in the reality of the great goodness of God. Look at David's words again, verses 10 and 11. Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. If I could just sum up what the next-gen journey these last three years has been teaching us, I would put it right here, what this is telling us. It's all about God and his kingdom. It's all about God's goodness. God is good. God is great. God has all power. God deserves all the glory, the majesty, the splendor that we can give him. It is his kingdom that we are part. And we have been learning about that these last three years especially. And we need to be reminded about I, that today. I mean, you know, if you don't know this already, let me say it again. Next Gen has never been about money. It has always been about God. It's never been about a building. It's always been about building God's kingdom. That's what we are doing, doing God's work, seeing lives changed. And so I want us to thank God, continue to thank God for his goodness today. I just want to ask you in your heart and your mind, listen to these questions. How has God been good to you? Do you think about God's goodness very often? Do you give him thanks for his goodness? Has God forgiven your sins and given you his gift of eternal life? If he has, I want you to say right now, God is good. God is good. Has God broken the chains of slavery to sin in your life in some way? Has God taken away your shame and given you fresh hope? If that's true for you, say, God is good. God is Has God restored your marriage when it seemed impossible? Would you say, God is good? Has God healed your body, healed your mind, provided for your needs when you thought there was no way you'd lost all hope? We say, God is good. Has God given you a 
Forever Faith family here at Southwinds that gives you friendship and community, that gives you a place to worship and to learn, that gives you support for your life struggles, that gives you help for your family, that provides you an outlet to serve the world around you. Would you say God is good? And has God given us a beautiful new worship space and exciting expanded spaces for our students and for our children in our communities? Has he done that? Say God is good. God is so good. So good. First Chronicles 16, 34 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. Psalm 145, 9 says, The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And, you know, we, we could go on and on and on with this, but in your heart, would you just pray? Would you just maybe say out loud if you feel like it, God is good one more time. God is good. God is good. We celebrate his goodness today. This is about him today. Second, flowing out of this, we, we celebrate God's amazing grace. Now, you've probably heard before that grace is God's goodness expressed to us in his favor. And we know Today, because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to save us and give us new life, that God's grace saves us. And so we are here celebrating that grace today, right? We know we did not do anything to deserve that grace, that it is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are only here by God's grace. And and I think we also need to recognize that we see God's grace to us in the privilege that he has given us of allowing us to join him in his mission here on earth. Do you ever think about that? God does not need us. It was interesting how long it took for one of those to kind of (laughs) pop up there. Some of you had to think about that. God doesn't need us. And in fact, David really is saying this, verses 12 and 13. It's really all through the passage. But 12 and 13 says, Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give your thanks and praise your glorious name. You see, God owns everything in heaven and earth. God rules all things, but he still gives strength to us so that we can join him in his mission. And that is grace, and it's amazing. I mean, it is amazing to me that God allows me to teach his holy word. It is amazing to me that we all get to come together and worship him and give him glory. It is amazing that that God allows us to serve other people, to help them break free of the sin that enslaves them, that used to enslave us, to comfort them when they're grieving or hurting, to meet the needs, whatever they are in their lives. It is amazing to me that God allows us to shape the hearts of students and children here. Some of the children that we are loving and serving here at Southwinds are having and will have their destinies changed forever because of what happens here. It is God's grace that allows him to, us to share in 
that. And so we need to celebrate that grace today. Amen? Third thing we celebrate today is generosity. And in a human sense, generosity has made this day possible. And so we, we celebrate the generosity that flows from God's grace, his goodness. And one of the truths that David is focusing in on in this prayer is that God owns everything and everything we have comes from him. I want you to, to look at these verses. This is 12, 14, and 16. He says, wealth and honor come from you. It's all God's, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this because everything comes from you. We have only given you what comes from your hand. Oh, Lord, our God. It's all from the hand of God. That's what he's saying to us. Do you realize whenever you give, it's this out of the grace and goodness of God that you're able to be generous. And so we need to remember whatever we do as individuals and as a church, we should always recognize that we only do what God enables us to do and that every penny we have given, every ounce of energy that's been expended to serve, every gift we possess, every resource that we think we own, it's all from God. One of the people at Southlands who made a very significant and sacrificial commitment to NextGen said to me, Mike, whenever you talk about giving, I hope you will remind everyone that everything we have is God's. And he just talked to me about how realizing this truth had revolutionized his understanding of generosity. When we understand this reality, it changes everything. And we've talked about this before, but just practically, I want you to be reminded, when we realize this, uh, two things happen in our lives. You might want to write them down. Uh, first, I can give joyfully and willingly. And this is a mark of this chapter. If you read the chapter, there you will see words about joy and willingness and freedom nine times. David and the people gave joyfully and willingly because they knew where everything had come from. And so many of you have told me about the joy you've experienced as you have been on this next-gen journey and as you have prayed and as you have read God's word and you've considered the mission that we have been given as a church. And the second, I can trust God to provide for my needs. So I can be generous because it's all God's. And if it's all God's, then he can take care of me. And I can know he can take care of me. He can do that any way he wants. I actually received an email this week. Someone wrote me. I didn't ask for any emails you know, about this, but somebody just wrote this to me, and it was like, as soon as I read it, I knew I had to share it with you. Uh, here's what the email said. Dear Pastor Mike, we are so excited to be moving into our new worship center this week. I want to take a moment and testify how God has kept his promises in my life. After moving from Fremont in 2014, we prayed for a Bible-based church, and God led us to Southwinds. And from that time, we've been growing strong spiritually. I praise my Lord for this. When you announced Next Gen in 2016, we felt very happy and felt God is expanding the boundaries of Southwinds. During the last three years, all I have prayed for, listen to this, all I have prayed for is that those who made Next Gen pledges would not be in any kind of financial trouble until they completed their commitments. And God is so faithful. God kept his promise in my life because, he says, the very moment I finished my pledge amount, I lost my job. He said, even though it was a shocker, God gave me peace. I was not shaken. And I, I thought for a moment that maybe I should have pledged more than I did. 
That's what I thought. But he continues, he said, God's plans were different. I was going through lots of pressures in my job, and he kept, God kept me there until I was done with my pledge of man as I prayed. And now, by his everlasting grace and love, he has given me a better job in all aspects so I can serve him more. How trustworthy is he? He goes on to say, what else can I ask for? We love Southwinds, the pastors, the fellow brothers and sisters. We always praise him for Southwinds. Please remember us in your daily prayers that we may be faithful to him till the end. And he says, I close with a prayer that we should win this generation for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, so many of you here all across this room have been so generous to enable us to be here today. And I just want to update you on where we are. We have... Uh, to this day received $2,196,369. That's our total. We're going to go past $2.2 million today. I know that. And we've still got more time to go as we finish this season out. We're going to finish strong. I'm convinced of that. Amen? Amen. So we celebrate God's goodness. We celebrate God's grace. We celebrate generosity here. Our fourth G word is a word we've used a lot these past uh, three years. is generations. We celebrate the generations that God promises to help us reach. And I have been struck time and again through these last three years about how God does his work across generations. Now, you saw the verse on the screen a few moments ago, our theme verse for next gen, Psalm 78, 4. It says, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and mighty wonders. And before you saw that video, I'm confident that a number of you did not know that Southwinds is 72 years old. You did not know that we have been worshiping God and serving Tracy in the area around us since 1947 when around 8,000 people lived in Tracy. I've shared this story with some of you before. Because it reminds me of how God works in ways we often cannot see, especially across time, across years and across decades. And it was a story I actually did not even know until I had been the pastor of Southlands for more than six years. And it starts with my parents. My dad, uh, who passed away November 1st last year, uh, did not come to know Jesus until he was 19. And he was led to faith by my mom's dad, by my grandfather. Um, a couple years after that, on September 19, 1959, my parents got married, and that was in San Mateo. And after the reception, uh, they headed east toward Yosemite, where they were going to be spending their honeymoon. And they made it as far as Livermore and stayed and spent their first night as a married couple in a, a motel on Vasco Road. A fact which, I have to tell you, kind of grosses my children, the grandchildren out, that <laughs> they actually know that there's something that happened there, you know. And um, so they, they got up the next morning, Sunday morning, September 20th, 1959. They drove over the Altamont. I don't I wonder what the roads were like then. And they got over the Altamont, came down into the valley, and decided that they needed to go to church their first Sunday as a married couple together, and so they found a little church in Tracy 
Tracy's now only 11,000 people living here. And as it turns out, the first worship service they attended as a couple was at the church that their yet unborn son would become the pastor of 43 years later. My, uh, my mom is here. I'm not looking at her, okay? I don't think I can handle... Um, I'm just trying to keep some stuff in today. But I do want to, to, to thank her for coming and, and being here today. And also, I don't really know um, if everyone that I'm thinking about in this case will be here. Uh, but um, I want to recognize real briefly the people who have been here at Southwind since... We were at church meeting at 238 West Grantline. That building's still there, by the way, still being used. But if you have been there, you know, um, before you, I ask you to do something, um, Barbara Welch is planning on coming. And I believe that she is the, is she, okay, awesome. There's Barbara right there. Thank you so much. Um, I believe Barbara is uh, the longest tenured member of Southwind's church. Um, and I don't even know, it's close to 60 years that she has been a part of our church family. Her husband, Henry, who was a high school teacher to a number of you of a certain generation and age. Um, at Tracy High, he passed away last August. They have been such a faithful part of our church through most of the time that I've been here. So Barbara is here. Brent and Linda Ives are over here. 44 years, as Brent said. And I, at this point, and Barbara, you don't have to stand up, Okay. <laughs> But if you have been here since we were a church at, at West Grantline, um, which is like more than 25 years ago, would you just stand up real quickly? I just want to see how many of you are here. There may not be that many. There are some. Look at this. Okay. Some of them all across, all across the room. Amen. Give them a hand. See, God is working over time. I, I just love that audio clip we heard with Clyde Bland. And many of you don't know him now. He's a former longtime member and leader at Southwinds Church. And here's what I know you have no way of knowing, but it's true. Southwinds would not be the church we are today without Clyde's vision and faith and sacrifice. And here's what happened. In the early 90s, as a man in his 60s who had been attending a traditional Baptist church all of his life, who loved hymns, who loved the way that, that Southwinds, or it wasn't Southwinds then, but that Trinity Baptist was doing church. As a man in his 60s, Clyde was willing to set that aside for a greater purpose, reaching a new generation in Tracy with the gospel. He thought beyond himself. He thought of future generations. And again, that's actually what's going on in 1 Chronicles 29. I never thought about this before, but it comes from verse 19. It says, And give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, requirements, and decrees, to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Think about this, okay? David, the king, gave billions of dollars in today's money to the construction of the temple, but he never saw it built. He didn't even see it start. His son Solomon built the temple with the offerings that David gave. And he did it after David died. So David is giving sacrificially, generously to a project that will outlast them. What a great way to live. I just want to ask you, what are you doing today that's going to outlast you? What are we 
doing now that will still matter in the future, that will benefit people. We will never meet in this world people who are going to live in the future, but they need what we can do today. How can we today serve people in the future that are part of the reason that God has put us here on this planet at this present moment in this time in history? Because those people are coming, friends. They are on their way, unless the Lord comes back first. I mean, what can we do now for them? And you know, some of those people, they're already here. They're young children. Like my, my, my grandson, Charlie. Um, it's just an example I knew that you would all like to see I wanted to illustrate the principle for you but some of them are not yet born some of them will be served by south winds when most of us are no longer alive but as we think of the generations yet to come, and as we serve and sacrifice for them, we can know that God's going to use what we are doing today to impact them tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Let's live with a vision for future generations, for the next generation, and even beyond. Amen? Amen? Final G, gospel. Gospel. We celebrate the gospel that is our hope. Now, I think about the gospel as I read this passage because the temple, think about this, was built to prepare the world for Jesus. The temple where God was worshipped and sacrifices were made was built to prefigure Jesus. The sacrifices on the altar of the temple foretold the ultimate sacrifice of Christ on the cross, atoning for our sins. The Holy of Holies, where God's presence was most immediate and real on planet Earth. No one could go in except one guy, and once a year, the high priest. But Jesus came, and Jesus revealed God to us. He, he tore the veil in the temple and brought God's presence to all who would receive. He became one of us so that he could die for us, so that he could live again for us. In so many ways, what the temple was about, the building was about, was, was whispering in advance what Jesus would one day clearly show. The temple proclaimed the gospel. This is not a temple, but it is a reminder to us that this building, this structure is here for the sake of the gospel. I just want to read you one passage there's so many that I could look at about the gospel. Colossians 1, 21 to 23. Just listen to these amazing words. Paul writes, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by God's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. Let me just say this. Southwinds is here to tell people about the gospel. We celebrate the gospel every time we gather together. And I hope that we will always celebrate the gospel that saves us from our sins. You know, Southwinds, we are at our best when we are actively sharing the gospel with the people who are in our lives. 
when we are looking for doors to open and looking for opportunities to tell people about the love and the grace and the mercy of God, telling people who are right now alienated from God by their sins how they can know God and love God and live for God. Some of you have been part of this, and maybe you don't know about this. Maybe this is your first time today. But for the last few months, there have been a number of us in this church family who have been walking the streets of Tracy and Mountain House and Lathrop. And while we've been walking, we've been praying for the people who live in the houses we are walking past. It's called prayer walking. And we've been recording that. We've got over in our other building a, a big board that has a map, and we are putting pins in showing where people have been prayed for and this has been happening we've been asking god to work in these people's lives asking god to save people we don't even know yet and here's the thing i really believe i don't know who i'm speaking to but i'm confident i'm telling this to someone today because you need to hear this we've been believing that god was going to bring some people here today because we prayed for you and we didn't even know you and so some of you you're here today because someone else here today prayed for you. And maybe God has brought you here for a very particular reason. Maybe God has brought you here today for you to hear the gospel that Jesus saves and to respond by giving Jesus your life. See, we celebrate the gospel. I just received word um, a couple of days ago uh, from a Southwinder, a longtime Southwinder, someone who would have been able to stand if they had been here, but they scheduled a vacation in Portugal, <laughs> and so they're not able to be here, but the reason they communicated back was to share with us that they had the opportunity and they walked through the door got open to share their faith with a cab driver in Portugal. See, Southwinds, we're going global, okay? <laughs> well, Here's the thing, you know me, I could go on and on and on, right? Uh, but we're going to bring this part of our service uh, to a conclusion today. We're going to continue to celebrate today because God is so very good to us and we are so very grateful to him. And I just want to give him thanks. So let's just pray together. We're going to have a song uh, that concludes. We're going to have a time of worship through giving of our tithes and our offerings uh, it's just going to be a great time as we close things out. You'll hear more about what's going to happen shortly afterwards. But let's just go before the Lord now.